Hey there, I'm Beth Connors, a midwife and mom of two, but also your birth bestie. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into everything you need to feel confident, prepared, and in control from baby bump to delivery room, from practical tips to personal stories. We'll cover it all so you know exactly what to expect every step of the way. Let's get into it. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Your Birth Bestie podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I am just recovering tonight here right now as I record this from an eventful weekend of solo parenting. And I'm home with my daughters all week long. But I do look forward to, you know, those brief breaks over the weekend when my husband is home to help. Um, But this weekend he was out of town. So it was just us girls. Nora is my three and a half year old. And Avery is my one year old. So I had them for two nights, and we definitely had to stay busy for everybody's sanity, but I am so tired, Um, but right now I'm enjoying taking this break here after they have gone to sleep and recording this episode and being with you. So we went to see Lori Berkner at Kids Festival yesterday and went out for ice cream. Today we went to the splash pad in the park, um, taught my oldest how to play goldfish, which was fun, Um, probably on our like 50th game of that this weekend, but it has been all fun summer stuff and I'm loving it. I'm just really tired, but we are all doing okay. And it's funny because, you know, a year ago last summer, I could not have imagined taking both of my children to do all of these things. Um, I had a lot of anxiety and a lot of, you know, uncertainty of what trips out of the house were going to look like. And even with naps and sleep schedules, I can remember countless days and nights stressing about wake windows and sleep schedules and thinking that I would you know, never get out of the stage and that my youngest would never sleep and that I was creating bad habits and there was so much mom guilt, but I made it through that phase and I felt like today was a really good reminder that everything is temporary and whatever stage that you might be in in pregnancy that's challenging or parenthood, keeping in mind that you know, I can only speak personally through ages three and a half because my oldest is three and a half, but everything is temporary. And I am learning that throughout my own motherhood journey. Um, so those moments when you're thinking, you know, she will never do that thing that you're desperate for them to do, or they're always going to do something that you're frustrated about, but it always passes eventually, right? So If you're pregnant with your first or maybe in a hard transition with a toddler, I just wanted to say mom to mom that it does pass. Everything is temporary. Find that little win if you can, Um, but it's okay to feel frustrated and not love every moment. You are doing so great and I am grateful for that realization this weekend and that reminder because I really did have a fun weekend and I can say a year ago that I definitely wouldn't have thought that I was going to be able to do these things, which sounds crazy now, um, but in the moment it really is difficult. So just a reminder there, hopefully that's helpful. Okay, but now let's talk about gestational diabetes because that is of course why you're here. So I'm going to give you all of the information that I think is helpful to know about gestational diabetes during your pregnancy. So we will talk about what is gestational diabetes even, how it affects your pregnancy, what are the risks, how it's usually screened for and diagnosed during your pregnancy, and then I'll share some tips to make the glucose test tolerable if that's something that you choose because remember, everything is a choice and nothing is mandatory, even the glucose test. And then we'll talk about the glucola drink, that glucose drink that you've probably heard about, um, but that's not the only option, even though that is usually the only thing that your provider's office will likely have. Um, So I wanted to talk about some alternatives as well. One being my favorite is the fresh test, but there are several other ones that we'll talk about too. 
So let's start talking about what exactly is gestational diabetes. And gestational diabetes affects about 7 to 10% of all pregnancies and is caused by your body not making enough insulin to keep your blood sugar in a healthy range. So the more carbs that you take in, the more insulin that needs to be made by your body to balance out all of those carbs. And with gestational diabetes, that is not happening how it should be. If you're pregnant, your blood sugar levels are already a bit higher because of the hormones from your placenta and slows down how much insulin gets released to regulate blood sugar after you eat or drink something. Most women can handle that change in pregnancy, but others are not able to overcompensate for that slower release of insulin. If this happens for you, there is a chance that you'll have to change the way that you eat for the rest of your pregnancy, although medications like insulin may be necessary in some cases. But once you have your baby and your placenta is no longer a part of you, those hormones regulate themselves and you are no longer diabetic, right? Which is great. A diagnosis of gestational diabetes can happen for any woman, but there are also various factors that could put you at a greater risk. These include obesity, a family history of diabetes, having gestational diabetes during a previous pregnancy, gaining more weight than what's recommended during pregnancy, being pregnant with multiples, high blood pressure, and a previous diagnosis of PCOS. But with that said, you may also find it strange for perfectly healthy, low-risk women to develop gestational diabetes, but it is possible. It's also important to know that there are often no obvious signs to suspect that you're diabetic in pregnancy. Some women do, though, have extreme fatigue, increased urge to urinate, extreme dry mouth and constant thirst, nausea after eating, and tingling in the hands and feet. But usually it's not something that we really can know whether or not we have without testing for it. And to figure out if gestational diabetes is something that you have, there is a screening test done around 24 to 28 weeks of pregnancy. And there are a few things I'd like to talk about here. So the screening is a one hour test and it is not diagnostic. So that means that if you pass or you fail, it doesn't mean for sure 100% that you do or do not have gestational diabetes. It is a test that screens you for whether or not it's recommended to have additional testing, which would then lead to more testing and an actual diagnosis. So this one-hour gestational diabetes screen is called the glucose challenge test. And this test is going to challenge how well your body can produce insulin in response to the carbs that you eat or drink. So I'll give you a typical scenario here and then a few alternatives to consider as well. So Typically, you'd be given a sugary drink called glucola that has 50 grams of glucose. And you'd be given this drink by the phlebotomist, usually at the clinic. They would give you five minutes to drink it, which isn't very difficult. It doesn't take that long. Um, it's about, I think it's eight or 10 ounces. It tastes like flat soda. I've had both the, the orange and the clear one, and I would definitely recommend the clear one over the orange. The clear one just tastes like flat Sprite, so it's totally doable. But you would drink that and then the phlebotomist would make note of the time that you finished the drink and a timer would be set for one hour and at exactly one hour later you'd be called back to have your blood drawn and you'd get your results back in about a day or two usually hoping that the blood sugar reading is less than 140. If it's greater than that you would have a positive result and it would be recommended then to do a more in-depth three-hour version of that test to then diagnose gestational diabetes or you know, to be clear from that and have a negative reading. 
If the one hour test is greater than 200 though, you would be diagnosed with gestational diabetes without needing to do that three hour test. It would be clear enough that your body is not releasing enough insulin to manage that extra sugar intake. And when you're preparing for the one hour glucose test, you don't really need to change your diet because we want to know how your body is functioning as you would normally be eating and drinking. The general recommendation is to avoid high sugar meals like pancakes, juice, or donuts the morning before your test, but you can't really cheat the test by eating healthy or something the week before. Trust me, I have been there and I didn't want to have gestational diabetes. So in my brain, I'm like, you know, I'll just be good for the week before and eat less sugar and, you know, more vegetables to trick the test, right? But it's not how it works. Remember too, that you do want to know if you have gestational diabetes, you wouldn't want to mask something potentially serious, right? But of course, there's still people that decline because that's what's right for them and that's perfect. So I can't assume that for everyone, of course, but those are just my thoughts. So it is still a good idea, though, to eat a lot of vegetables, whole grains, limit high-fat proteins, and drink plenty of water through your pregnancy. I also recommend moving after meals, like walking for 10 minutes or so. That really is great for your body. One tip, too, if you do any version of the glucose um, screening test is to bring a snack with protein with you to your appointment and eat it after your blood is drawn and the test is over to really help stabilize your blood sugar from dropping really quickly after that really fast rise from the 50 grams of sugar that you just drank. Some people are just fine and the test doesn't affect them, but if you're sensitive, which is especially possible in pregnancy, you may experience increased heart rate, nausea, feeling really thirsty, or overall just really unwell due to that sugar crash. So that is the glucose challenge test. But then like everything else I talk about, is this something you are actually interested in doing? Because everything is a choice in pregnancy and birth, and I cannot stress that enough. And 25% of women do not pass the one-hour glucose challenge test and then go on to take the three-hour test. And I know it's completely a pain for sure. You don't want to make time for extra tests that take hours and hours, But I wanted to talk about how important it is to not skip this test, and that is my opinion. But there are risks of uncontrolled blood sugar during pregnancy if you do have gestational diabetes and it's not monitored or managed properly because the extra sugar can cross the placenta and affect the developing baby as they grow and possibly cause complications over time. And these complications include high birth weight, increasing birth injury or a rate of C-section, preterm birth and respiratory distress syndrome for baby, low blood sugar, which in severe cases may cause seizures in baby, higher risk of obesity and type 2 diabetes later in you or your child's life, and also for mom, increasing the risk of preeclampsia, which is high blood pressure in pregnancy. So I definitely believe that gestational diabetes is not something to fear. It's really just good to know how your body is functioning during pregnancy so you can take proper precautions with diet and exercise and have really just a healthy pregnancy overall. At a minimum, there should be a discussion about the benefits, the risks, and the alternatives to glucose testing to make an informed decision about what's best for you and your baby. The next thing I wanted to talk more about is the options for testing. 
You may have heard women declining the diabetes screen because of the ingredients that are in that glucola drink that doctor's offices provide, and you're really not wrong to question it. The glucola sugar drink has several ingredients that many people try to avoid, especially in pregnancy. We want to know what is going into our bodies. So some of these ingredients include the 50 grams of dextrose sugar, which is an ingredient in corn syrup, quote unquote, natural flavor, which is an umbrella term similar to fragrance when looking for non-toxic products. Companies can actually put multiple ingredients under this term without disclosing what is added under that natural flavor. Brominated soybean oil, which is banned in Europe and Japan because it can inhibit thyroid function. It also irritates the membrane linings of the body cavities and the surfaces of your organs and can cause neurological symptoms. Artificial colors and dyes that are being studied for inflammatory effects and have been thought to cause migraines and allergies. There's a preservative called sodium benzonate and sodium hexametaphosphate that's used as a texturizer. These are several ingredients with potential adverse effects, so they're definitely something to be aware of. And this list may be surprising to you, but remember that the glucola drink in pregnancy is optional. It's common and standard and heavily pushed by your provider, but I do also believe that I personally would want to know if I had gestational diabetes, since it's something that I likely wouldn't have any signs and symptoms of, but would place my baby and myself at risk. But please know if you would also like to test, the glucola drink is not the only way to test. So one alternative is tracking your blood sugars for two weeks at home with a finger poke, two hours after each meal. And according to the American Diabetes Association, the target for women testing blood glucose levels during pregnancy should be 120 or less two hours after a meal. This is also known as two-hour postprandial readings. But if that does not sound appealing because of the multiple pokes or taking two weeks to test or any other reason, there are other alternatives as well. You can try organic candy alternatives consisting of 50 grams of sugar. These options do not contain the same 50 grams of dextrose sugar like in the glucola drink, but it's unclear whether the different sugar types can lead to misdiagnoses of gestational diabetes because different sugars have different effects on blood sugar levels. Many candies, of course, too, have other ingredients and dyes like the glucola does as well, if that's a concern. But the most important part is to find an alternative that is 50 grams of sugar. This can be difficult to exactly transfer to that recommended 50 grams of glucose because, for example, Twizzlers has corn syrup, It has wheat flour, sugar in the form of sucrose, and cornstarch. And according to a study done by Rakusin in 2013, one disaccharide sucrose molecule is composed of one half glucose and one half fructose. So each gram of sugar in Twizzlers would only have half the desired effect. So there are flaws to this alternative as well. But some other options to Twizzlers that people have used are eating 60 organic jelly beans, buying organic dextrose and dissolving it in 8 ounces of water, 6 ounces of orange juice and 1 banana, 16 ounces of just orange juice, 10 to 12 ounces of non-GMO grape juice, 10 ounces of non-GMO apple juice, or my preferred method that I would 100% do if I have another baby is the fresh test. 
And I'm not an affiliate or influenced in any way to share this product with you, but just from personal experience and the research that I've done, this option is absolutely great. And what the Fresh Test is, it's a diagnostic glucose beverage to be used to screen for gestational diabetes. They offer both a powdered version and a pre-mixed one. So for the powder, you would just mix it with 10 ounces of water until it's dissolved. You would drink it over less than five minutes like we talked about and then have your blood drawn an hour later, which is just the same with the glucola. There are only three ingredients in the Fresh Test, including non-GMO organic dextrose, crystallized lemon, and organic peppermint leaf to help with nausea and taste. The cost is $17 for one 50-gram pack. It is FDA-registered and gluten, dairy, and latex-free. And if you're interested, you can find more information at thefreshtest.com or on Instagram at thefreshtest, and I will put the links in the show notes as well. I just think the Fresh Test is a really amazing option with clean ingredients, and I've heard it tastes great, just like lemonade. So I wish this would have been an option for me, or I wish I would have known about it. Um, so if I have another baby, I will definitely be doing this option. So I just wanted to wrap this up and say, please don't be afraid of the test because you are afraid of get, getting a positive result. It is important for you and for your baby and the health of your pregnancy. So I just really wanted you to know all of your options, choose what is the best for you. The fresh test and the two-hour postprandial blood sugar readings for two weeks are really both great options. And if you're diagnosed with gestational diabetes, it definitely could be an overwhelming feeling and really scary, but I do have resources there for you as well to check out. Leslie Flannery at Gestational Diabetes Nutrition is a registered dietitian that specializes in helping women with gestational diabetes lower their blood sugar and deliver a healthy baby. She has resources to learn how to portion and pair carbs, enjoy sweets without the sugar spike, lower fasting blood sugar, incorporate supplements, exercise, hydration, sleep, and stress management to lower blood sugar, and also expectations postpartum, preparing for that. She has a wealth of information, and you should definitely go and check out her page at Gestational Diabetes Nutrition if you are interested. Gestational diabetes is an area where additional tests and medication is often recommended, so having the support and the resources to manage this in a way that you feel comfortable is so, so important. Not just going along with that status quo, I really want you to lead with intention for sure. Thank you so much for listening to Your Birth Bestie podcast. If you found this information helpful, I would so appreciate you taking two seconds to rate the show. It is the best way to support me and also help me reach more women all over to ensure they are also well-informed to have an autonomous pregnancy and hospital birth experience. I appreciate you so much for being here and I will see you next week.